Hello there, and welcome to Odessa First Assembly's weekly podcast, where we bring you the heart of our Sunday message. I'm Tony, your host and the face behind our digital ministry. We're excited to dive into today's sermon, exploring the Word of God together. So grab your coffee, find a comfy spot, and let's embark on this journey of faith. Without further ado, here's this week's sermon. Here and uh, celebrate. I think it's a good day to be in church and worship together. And um, so uh, I I do want to take just a moment and talk about our 21 days of of prayer and fasting. Um, It's something we have done for several years. Now I really can't recount how many, but it's been um, four or five, six years we've done this now. And I just really want to encourage you to take part um, in the coming weeks after the first of the year. It starts that second, uh, that first Sunday in January. And I'll be talking more about fasting um, during that time, but I want to encourage you, whether you fast or not, to be a part of our corporate prayer times. And so we're doing this schedule a little bit different this year. Um, normally we've had like a Monday night and a Thursday night and a Saturday. And so we're just doing it a little different. We're going to have a, if, if you're available and want to come, um, we'll have a Sunday morning prayer time and then a early Monday morning at six prayer time. Um, hopefully that some of those that of you, if you have to go to work, you can um, come in and enjoy that when they are come and go. Uh, Tuesdays at seven, Wednesdays at noon, and Saturdays at six, I think. Do they have it up there? Yes, at six. And so I want to encourage you. And some of those Saturdays, we're, we're hoping to do a few things a little different than just having a come and go, uh, maybe actually some uh, live worship time and stuff. But we'll just have to see as we kind of get into things. But I want to just encourage you I'm going to take part, and we kind of, you know, the January, our January, our, we're always busy, it seems like. I, we, it just seems like we get busier and busier, and, uh, but I really like this kind of dialing things back during the month of January, and the focus really be on what it needs to be on, and that is the Lord, and seeking his face and his guidance and just his full work in us. I want to encourage you to be a part of that any way that you can. Um, if you have any questions, just, just let me know. But we are glad that you're here. And um, we're just going, this, this morning's going to be very simple. Uh, we're just going to read some, um, we're going to read through the scriptures of the birth of Jesus. And we're going to partake of communion together. Um, so it's not going to be very long at all. But I just want to speak from my heart just for a moment. You know, more and more, I think because of online and social media and the access we have information, there's all, it's like there's just so much debate that can happen. And there's so much debate about, you know, when Jesus was born and what December 25th actually represents and um, just all kinds of things like that Christmas trees and and what I want you to know is this, is that you know, regardless of what maybe did or didn't represent, you know, centuries ago, as far as pagans and all that kind of stuff, what, you know, when you read the book of Galatians and especially any of the prison epistles from Paul, what matters is, I think, is that we celebrate uh, a prophecy that by all odds and definitions should have never happened. 
And I, you know, I, I know I've used this illustration so many times, I'm not going to get deep into it, but, you know, there was a, a guy, a really smart guy, I can't remember his name right now, but him and his students did a big old study on about eight different prophecies coming to pass by one man. And so they did all their, you know, it was actually quite a while they did this study and came together. And the way they illustrated it was, was, was this, is that if you were to take um, coins and say painted one red, but if you were to take a bunch of coins and cover the state of Texas two feet deep and painted one of them red and then got you in a helicopter and flew you over the state and you could jump out and anywhere you wanted to in the whole state and dig down anywhere in those two foot of coins and the odds of somebody fulfilling eight of the prophecies given to us about Jesus, that, that's, that's, your, that's the odds of that being fulfilled is you finding that one coin. I mean, pro, it, this isn't by chance that what we celebrate today. Are you following me? And so I want you to know that you can celebrate the birth of Jesus, and it is something significant for us, because all that it represents, it is the, the birth of Christ, is the culmination of thousands of years of prophecy, of God wanting to reconcile humankind with himself. And that's what Christmas represents. And so I want you to know that you can celebrate the birth and the life of Jesus and his promises that he fulfilled and all that he's given us. You can celebrate redemption. You can celebrate forgiveness. You can celebrate all that he's done for us. Isn't that, isn't that worth it? Isn't that worth it? I just want to read a few scriptures and then we're going to partake of communion and they'll They'll be on the screen, but if you have your Bibles, you want to follow along. But I want to begin in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. We're going to read Matthew chapter 1. We're going to read in Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2. And so Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, here's what the scripture tells us. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I want to pause there just for a second, because every single time that I read that verse, I think, you know, you guys know that two of my favorite verses, favorite passages is Philippians 2.13 and 1 Corinthians 2.9, and another one that really ranks up there to me is John chapter 1 verse 29 and it's where John the Baptist makes a declaration behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world she'll bear a son you should call his name Jesus for he will save people from their sins 
And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet found in Isaiah chapter 7. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This is the first regi registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up to Galilee from, Nazareth, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed who was with child. And while they were there, the time came to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You know, in this passage, there's also quite a bit of debate about what the shepherds represent. And, you know, some say they were a lower class of society. Some say they were vagabonds and thieves. You know, some say they just smelled bad because of being shepherds but what we do know is that we were we were sheep without a shepherd until the great shepherd stepped into his role as Jesus and he became the great shepherd to all of us and aren't you thankful that that shepherd found you found you And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he has pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. All who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they heard and seen as had been told to them. One more passage in Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, just a few more verses. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? 
For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling with all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where Christ was to be born. And they told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet and you, this is out of Micah, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. From you shall come the ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and asserted and ascertained from them what the time and the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts gold and frankincense and myrrh and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod they departed to their own country another way you know as we celebrate the birth of our Savior I don't think we normally think of the word sacrifice and actually when it comes to communion when it comes to communion that's exactly what we remember we remember his sacrifice. When Jesus was to go to the cross and suffer and become the Lamb of God to die in our place, to die for our sins, to shed his blood, the scripture tells us there can be no forgiveness of sin unless there is the shedding of blood. And Jesus became that life, that last and supreme sacrifice. And he died on the cross for our sins and he was placed into a grave. But he rose from the grave and he defeated death, hell, and the grave. So one might think it's strange to connect Christmas and communion, but they are tightly woven together. Christmas and communion, they're almost one because you can't have one without the other. That's how closely they're connected and tied together. Communion, we wouldn't be having communion if it wasn't for Christmas and we couldn't have Christmas without communion. You see, without his death and his resurrection and his ascension, I mean, communion would just be some crackers and grape juice. But no, because of his death and his resurrection, it has meaning to us. And we know that the juice of that cup represents his blood and that wafer represents his body. And we know because of that blood, we have the forgiveness of sins and be cleansed and made whole. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sin, he is able to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. The scripture tells us that the chastisement of our peace was upon him. His body was broken for us that we could be made completely whole. And when we partake of those elements, we realize and understand just what it cost our Lord and Savior 
to bring us in a reconciliation with the Father. I mean, think about it. Jesus knew the plan from Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 when the Father first spoke it. I mean, that's how far back the prophecy of his birth came from. It just wasn't Isaiah or Micah or other Old Testament prophets. It was a plan from the beginning. And the whole Old Testament, all the prophecies, all the laws, all, all the feasts, they all point to Jesus. And when he left heaven to be born as that child, he knew what he was giving up and what it would cost him. And yet he was sinless, completely obedient, going to the cross in our place. Christmas is a symbol, it's the start. Communion is the culmination. Christmas is where the promise comes to life because all of these words of prophecy were given. And when Jesus was born, it was fulfillment that yes, God's is, God is omnipotent, that God's word is true. And so the promise comes alive Communion is the seal to remind us that Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. Christmas is a sign of God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. Communion is the symbol of us with God, that our relationship with the Father has been perfectly and completely reconciled with him. Christmas is new life. Communion represents eternal life. And so I'm grateful for what we celebrate. See, Christmas to me, it's not about a tree. It's, it's not about gifts. It's, it's not about the commercialism. It's a, is it, a, it, it is about the word of God coming true and coming to pass. And so this morning, what we want to do is we want to celebrate communion. And so just for a moment, here's what I want to do is that if I could have our, our deacons and some help to serve us communion this morning. And as they serve you, just a, a couple of more reminders. One is... We celebrate open communion here at Odessa First Assembly. And what that means is, is that you do not have to be a regular attender. You do not have to be a member. What we mean by that is, is that even if you're a first time guest with us, we want to invite you to participate in communion with us. But what we do ask, according to what scripture tells us, is that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. And... We have come to the place of salvation in him. And so as they pass these out, again, just to remind you what these elements represent is that juice represents his blood that he shed for us. And that wafer represent his body for us, that he shed his blood, that we can know the forgiveness of sin, that we could remember what his body went through being whipped with the cat of nine tails and 
the spear in his side and the scripture I quoted from Isaiah, the chastisement of our peace be upon him. Matter of fact, scripture says in that passage that he became a man of sorrows. He became a man of sorrows. He took the sin of the world on him. But because of his blood, because of his blood, we can be washed clean, white as snow, pure as wool. Because of his body, because of his body broken, we can have healing. We can be made whole. The Bible says that our broken hearts can be mended. Jamie has a great helper this morning. Wouldn't have it any other way. And so I want you to ask you to stand just for a moment. I, these tend to be sometimes a little difficult to open, so you can go ahead and, and, and get them open. But just hold them just for a moment. I'll give you instruction. But you can pull out that wafer and you can open up for the juice. If you're here this morning and you need healing in your body, and it can be anything medically diagnosed, it can be it can be small things. It can be aches and pains. Here's what I know is that whatever it is, whether it's, uh, whether it's cancer, whether it's arthritis, whether it's lupus, whether it's joint pain, whether it's congestive heart failure, whether it's the battlefield of the mind, whether it struggles with depression and anxiety, I'm going to tell you him giving up his body paid for your healing. I believe miracles are for today. I believe healing is for today. And as we partake of this, as I read this verse, for if you need healing, I'm, I'm just, we're going to pray for you. But I do want to read the scripture. We're going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says, for I received from the Lord, this is Paul writing, would I also deliver to you the night that Jesus was betrayed. He took bread and we had given thanks. He said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. If you need healing in your body, what I'd like you to do right now is I'd just like you to lift your hand and I just, in your fingers, just snap that wafer and listen. That little snap, let it be a reminder to you that there is healing for you. He gave his body for you. He suffered to bring all those promises to pass. See, in the Old Testament, it says that he, Jehovah Rophe, the Lord God that heals. And through Jesus, he made it possible 
for you and me. And so, Father, right now, Lord, as we remember, as I know some are responding, they need a healing in their body, but it is for all of us today. And we remember why you were born, why you were born in that manger, your miraculous conception, your life of sinlessness and faithfulness. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane when you prayed and your sweat became as blood and you were betrayed and turned over, you did all of that for me. You did all of that for me, for each and every one of us in this room. And so I pray that faith would arise in this room and that you would do what only you can and you would make bodies whole. You would heal. We rebuke cancer in the name of Jesus. Back pain in the name of Jesus. Lupus in the name of Jesus. Any disease, anxiety, depression in the name of Jesus. Lord, come in by your spirit and touch and heal and make whole. And we thank you, don't we church? Just tell him right now, Father, thank you. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you. And so Lord, we ask you to bless this little wafer as we partake of it, remembering all what you have given us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's partake of the bread together. The scripture goes on to say, in the same way he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. It goes on to say, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. These last four words are so, these last three words, until he comes. See, communion is just not about his birth in a manger. It's not about, it is, we remember, we remember his blood, his sacrifice, his obedience. But it's also to remind us there is going to be a day when we're going to hear a shout and there's going to be a trumpet blow. The Bible says that the dead in Christ will rise first and those of us that will remain will be caught up in the air. There's an old song we used to sing called There's Going to Be a Meeting in the Air. And so we remember that he's true to his word. And if for all of the Old Testament, we see it come to fruition in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John of his birth and his life, I'm gonna tell you, it will come to pass the day of the rapture of the church. And so that we also celebrate. So just for a few moments, you just close your eyes with me, Father. And I just, if you would this morning, just pray your prayer, thanking him for shedding his blood 
for us. Jesus, thank you. None of us in this room can imagine. We hear the stories, we've seen movies attempt to, 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 to show us, to bring to life. We've seen the Easter plays, but Lord, I, I don't think any of us could really ever understand what you faced and what you went through. And to say thank you, Father, to say thank you seems to fall so short. So Lord, we do the best we can with our hearts filled with gratitude to say thank you. Thank you for becoming that sacrifice, for shedding your blood. Thank you for cleansing me and washing me of all of my sin. Thank you. We know the cost was great. We know that you died in our place, but we still say thank you. And so, Lord, as we were taking this cup, remind us how far we have come and how through your sacrifice we have become new creations. And that old man is gone and you've made us brand new. Remind us that even if we were good people, we still needed your sacrifice. And so we thank you. We thank you for the blood that was shed for us. In the name of Jesus, can we partake together of the Jews? Would you just take a few moments in worshiping this morning? We're going to close with just a, a couple of songs. And so they're about to lead us in a song. But before, I know that sometimes songs and the words of songs, they, they express what we don't know how to express. But just in this moment before we sing together, would you just take this moment and thank him? Just thank him for his, his faithfulness, his promises, his power. Come on, church, lift your hands and worship him just for a few moments. Oh, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. to 
to 
have a little good story time I see y'all in the front row hey no services this week no Wednesday night nothing like that we'll see you here next Sunday at 1030 for our New Year's Eve service God bless you and Merry Christmas join us on this week's podcast. Be sure to tune in next time for more inspirational messages. Connect with us on social media at Odessa First AG. And if you'd like to support our ministry, visit odessafirstassembly.com forward slash giving. Until next time, stay blessed.